Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com the, the following week, next week, on the 6th of Sivan, we will be celebrating the festival of Shavuot which is really the wedding between Hashem and us In his book, Inside Time, by uh, Yanki Tauber in which he uh, adapts the teachings of the Lubavitcher Rebbe he says that when a person, or he doesn't say, the Tanya says in chapter 5, that when a person knows and grasps in his mind a Torah law, he thereby grasps and holds and encompasses with his mind the divine wisdom and will of God, while his mind is simultaneously enveloped within it. Within the, within it. This makes for a wonderful union, like which there is none other, and which has no parallel anywhere in the material world, whereby complete oneness and unity from every side and angle is attained. So, in reality, the, the giving of the Torah in Mount Sinai is, um, is a parallel to a Jewish wedding. The mountain was suspended on top of the Jewish people. This uh, corresponds to the chuppah, and Hashem was a groom and the Jewish people were the bride. The two luchot, the two uh, tablets represent the, the, the ketubah that we sign in our marriage. And um, there's many aspects of the giving of the Torah that really are very much connected in a Jewish wedding. So <clears throat> marriage comes in three varieties. The singular marriage, the two-some marriage, and the three-some marriage, the three-dimensional marriage, as he says. In a singular marriage, one partner is a, the dominating partner. The other partner is completely subjugated to the dominating partner. Uh, and maybe they have joined as one, but in reality, one of the two doesn't have autonomy, doesn't have expression does it cannot be himself and the and the one of the partners either abnegates their own understanding of feelings and, and very self to the other or else his, his or her ego swallows up the other mind's heart and very being so this union in reality is not the Torah perspective of a union in which uh, we just do and, uh, and there's no autonomy, there's no individuality, although it would seem like that in a certain way, in way in which we promise God, we will do and then we will learn and we uh, gave ourselves to God and His Torah. In reality, uh, the truth is that Hashem wants our, our grain of salt in the equation. He wants us to be partners in His uh, world. And so in their two-some marriage, each partner preserves his own identity, his own individuality. They share thoughts, feelings, and resources, but they don't, they're not connected in a way in which each, they're both working for the same goal. And, um, and everything is according to their own terms. And uh, in, in reality, this, this union is not really a relationship because, you know, as long as you don't bother me and as long as I can do whatever I want, then we can live together. But the moment that you get in my way, then uh, I'm not interested. So then there is a marriage uh, in its true and ultimate sense of what is truly in our relationship with God and in our relationship with our spouses. This is what really a marriage entails. 
not one person dominating one or two people going each one on their own direction but this three, third reality this three three-dimensional aspect of marriage is when the um, when each embraces and in and are growing together for the same purpose so yes maybe she's more talkative and she's more friendly and maybe she's the the optimist of the of the two and maybe she's the one that has a way with people and maybe he's more uh, serious and maybe he's not so friendly and maybe whatever but they are both working for the same goal and a true marriage house is not a single all negating being nor two distinct beings but a threesome that is the essence of unity or so there's something that connects them there's something out of themselves that connects them and binds them together and the individual selves of their marriage partners and the marriage itself the third element within those whose context they're two being united into a harmonious whole so this is the ultimate marriage and this is what Hashem wanted with the Jewish people he wanted to have uh, a, a partnership he wanted to have a relationship in which the two uh, spouses are really working for the same goal so as human beings we inhabit a finite and corporeal, corporeal reality a reality which by nature and definition precludes all contact with anything anything truly infinite like when we're in the world we're not thinking about infinitude we we are very much aware that everything here perishes like you buy your vegetables this week and next week they're all like muggy and moldy and you have to throw them away like our reality in this world is nothing is forever and um, but the, the 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 reality of god is that everything transcends and everything is infinite so nevertheless the creator has established channels of awareness and experience which ex extend beyond the boundaries of our existence and allows us to relate to his all transcendent truth so he gave us the torah so we can tap into a higher dimension so we're not stuck in this world before the torah was given the world was either spirit there was either a spiritual world or a material world but there was no fusion of the two the heavens were the heavens and the earth was the earth and there was no connection with one with the other and after the torah was given and this is like the <clears throat> like the incredible thing that happened was that heaven and earth were fused together the the, the the reality became spiritual and material and and not only material or only spiritual and so these outlets to a higher reality assume many forms by but may be divided into three general uh, categories akin to the three types of marriages described uh, above so on the unilateral level of a relationship there are occasions when god chooses to overwhelm us with a supernatural super irrational dose of reality for example he may witness we may witness a miracle and uh which shatters all our beliefs like you know i know people that medically they should be dead like if it was because the doctor said this it's impossible that this person can survive whatever they went through and suddenly they come out and they say i don't understand how this person is living 
and I don't understand how this person is standing and walking and talking and, and is able to, to go beyond our, whatever we thought this person was going to be able to do. We never thought she would make it, for example. So, so these types of experiences really shatter the foundations of how we understand ourselves and the world because we realize that, you know, we know nothing. In reality, we know nothing. There's no, the worst killer of, 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 um, of faith is certainty. When a person is certain about something, then there's no faith. Uncertainty and doubt is what give, gives us the relationship with Hashem. So it says here <clears throat> that an experience which we cannot assimilate in any humanly sensi sensible way except to be overcome with awe and humility. When we experience a miracle, we realize how little we are and how Hashem really takes care of us. And another example of this unilateral relationship would be when a person is confronted with a challenge to his dis dis deepest convi convictions and will choose to sacrifice his or her very existence for the sa sake of, his, of this higher truth. So for example, in the times of the Inquisition, when the Jewish people were put to the test and they would tell them either you convert to Christianity or you're going to be burnt in the cross, the Jews prefer to be burned. And these were not necessarily very religious Jews, but they there was something inside of them that really touched their core and their essence. So in both of these cases, the wall which encloses our self-bounded existence has been breached, yet the result is not so much a union of the human with the divine, but the, neg the, the, neg the negation of the, of the human and the exposure of its in insubstantiality in the fact face of the, of, of the divine. And there's the two some type relationships between heaven and earth, uh, where the natural humanly digestible points of contact between our world and the divine reality, every, every sunrise, every beat of a human heart, uh, the fluttering of the wings of a, of a bird, and we see Hashem in this, we see that God is in all this uh, synchronicity of life. And so, while these divine deeds are no less miraculous, miraculous than the splitting of the Red Sea, uh, in nature, they're part of nature. So we cease to see them as miracles. You know, a constant miracle is not a miracle at all. If you get in the shower every morning and you turn it on and there's hot water, you assume this is nature, this is how it's supposed to be. But in reality, it's a miracle that you have hot water every day in your, in your shower because everything has to function perfectly in order for you to be able to have hot water. So, or it's a miracle that you're healthy today. Because imagine with all those cells you have inside and all the organs and everything that goes inside a, a human body that is exposed to all these toxins and all these things that are, uh, uh, that are around us, that a person can breathe good in one day, that the heart is beating normally, that everything is good, that there's no high, high pressure, that there's no low pressure, that everything's going good. It's miraculous. It's, all these things are really miracles. What happens is that we perceive them as natural, natural uh, way of the world. 
But in reality, if they would cease to be one day, then you would realize what a miracle it is that you're today, today you're healthy. So, so we see here that the, 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 the natural channels of connection we relate to the divine truth on our own terms without annihilating the norms of human existence and experience. On the other hand, however, they cannot be said to truly unite the earthly and the divine, only to establish a connection between the two. And, but on the sixth day of Sivan, which is um, Shavuot, on the year 2448 from creation, which was the year 1313 before the Common Era, God descended to Mount Sinai and gave a threefold Torah to a threefold people through a thirdborn on a third day in the third month. And the Torah is the third element of our relationship with God. So the element which makes our, our relationship is a true marriage. It's a, it's, it's a threesome, a three-dimensional marriage. In the words of the Midrash, at Sinai, the higher realms descended to the lower realms. So the heaven came down to earth. That's what happened. And gods descend upon Mount Sinai while the lower realms ascended to a higher realms with Moses ascend to the top of Mount Sinai to receive the Torah. So what happened there was like a fusion of two worlds. And that was in itself a miraculous experience. At Sinai, there occurred a descent from above by God as well as a rising upward of men. And it expands it to include the very different identity of the other partners, so, which is the Torah. So it is God coming down to us, Moses, which represents the Jewish people going up to God, and, and the Torah being given to the Jewish people. So does there were three stages to the union of heaven and earth, the descent of the higher realm, uh, to the lower, the ascent to the lower realms to the higher, and the collusion or merger of these two movements in a single marriage and union. On a historical level, the first millennium of history, which was the first thousand years of history, uh, which are recorded in the book of Bereshit, uh, it's, it's the time in which uh, heaven is very worried with the world. Uh, the people are not doing anything for God. Hashem has to do everything for them. So it's really um, a descent from the higher realms into the world. And this was really a fiasco. It didn't work. People were not grateful. People didn't, uh, they were idol worshiping other gods. Like, come on, uh, you know, this makes people ungrateful. It doesn't come make them realize or earn uh, uh, their livelihood. So the second millennium, was, which was the time of Noah, we see a difference. We see that there's an arousal from above up in which, um, in which uh, there was a refinement and self-elevation of the earth because the earth was so depraved that Hashem had to destroy it. And he only, the only one that survived was Noah and his family and the animals that were put in that, in that ark. But it really had to come from them. They had to really do teshuvah. They really had to correct their ways. They really had to refine themselves in order to be worthy to be in this world. And then um, in the third millennium, which commenced with the giving of the Torah, 
uh, we see the union of supernal and the earthly in the convergence of the two. So now it's not only God giving us everything or us begging for God. Now we see that it's a twosome, that we do our part and Hashem gives us the brahas. So it is really, that's in a way, the way in which a healthy marriage works. Like it cannot only come from one side and not from the other. It has to come from the, both. It has to be one, one, one person in the, in the relationship has to arouse the other one, has to initiate with the other. Like if they're fighting, then there has to be one that is going to want to make peace. Because if both are fighting and nobody wants to make peace, then it's a war. But there's always one in the two that has to be able to come down and the other one will come up. And so, so we see here that the immediate events leading to the revelation at Sinai, these three stages were actualized in the first one is the Exodus, which was um, a unilateral, divinely initiated re revelation in which Hashem did everything for the Jews. He did the ten plagues, he took them out of Egypt, he took care of, for, uh, for them for 49 days till they received the Torah. So we see from here that it was all heaven down. And then the, the seven-week period of preparation and self-refinement between the Exodus and, um, and the giving of the Torah, which we are now in Sefirat HaOmer, it's 49 days of refinement, we see that uh, it, it is from us to Hashem. It's like we're, we're trying our best to be better people, God. We're really working very hard on ourselves. And, uh, and the third one, the giving of the Torah, in which God came down on Mount Sinai and Moses ascended to the mountain and the, to, receive, to receive the Torah. So we see this, it's a parallel in a relationship between a husband and a wife, in which sometimes one is giving, 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 the other one is receiving, receiving, receiving. This is not good. Then we see that one is giving and the other one is trying to give back which is better and then it's when the two of them are trying to come to common ground that's when really the relationship is, is healthy. So we see here that at Sinai it was the third element was introduced which is the Torah where the finiteness of man unites with the infinity of God. And this is the fusion, this is what made it divine, that infinitude and finitude were fused together. And Torah is the wisdom and will of God, this we know, this is how we know Hashem, is through the Torah. But God did not communicate His wisdom and will as detailed manifesto and codified list of instructions. Instead, God gave us a relative short uh, 79,976 word written Torah. So this, the five books of Moses, is what Hashem gave us at Mount Sinai, together with the Oral Torah. The Oral Torah is uh, what explains the Humash, what explains what Hashem wants. In the Humash, we get what God wants. But then the Oral Torah, is, it, it gives us the instructions of how to fulfill His will. So a set of guidelines by written Torahs. It's, it's, it's divinely also. So many people do not believe in the oral Torah. They only go with the Humash, with the, with the written Torah, with what they think it's what God gave Moses, but in reality he gave the two. So we see here that, they, <clears throat> that God really wants us to be connected to him 
through his Torah. This is the way in which we infuse godliness in our lives. This is in the way in which we finite beings can touch infinitude is through his Torah. And this is the truth. This is, this is the reality. And the world every day is one step closer to reaching that place. Uh, the divine conscience of people are really uh, turning around. Uh, we see so many uh, crazy ideas in this world today. Is because there's so much Kedusha today. There's so much divinity in the world that there has to be a counterbalance. But in reality, we're a step, many steps ahead from that day in which God gave us the Torah. We're very close to our ultimate destiny, which is to bring Mashiach to this world. So in reality, Torah is where the human and divine fuse to one, where a kernel of divine wisdom germinates in the human mind, gaining death, breath, and definition, and is then made tangible in the physicality of human life. With no Torah, there's no purpose of life. There's no reason to be here. Hashem created the world for the Torah and for the Jewish people, and yet that's, that's what it is. And, and the rest of the world is part of that too. So once we fuse into this marriage and we, we bring our part and we allow Hashem to give us His, we will be able to reveal the truth and reveal the godliness that is hidden in the world. It's going to be seen and felt everywhere. So in this marriage, our humanity is not obliterated within the infinite expanse of the divine. So when a person is keeping Torah, it doesn't mean that it, he, he's not, hasn't, he doesn't have individuality. It doesn't mean he doesn't have his own saying. What it means is that each person Hashem creates with, a, with a, his own personality, with his own abilities. And whatever that person has really is his toolbox to be able to fulfill the purpose for which he was created, which is to reveal God in this world. I remember once I heard Rabbi Amar from Golden Beach, he was saying like that someone came to him and he said, I don't understand, Rabbi, all these Jewish boys that are religious, they all look the same. How do you know who is who? They're all wearing black pants, white shirts, a black hat. Where is the individuality? They all look the same. How They don't have a taste for clothes. Like they don't know, like they like blue or green or whatever. Like you don't see, like they have a personality. And, and, and Rabbi Amar answered that person, you know, you're very wrong. The secular world is so focused in the external that the individuality of a person is not in the way he dresses. The individuality of a person is in how kind he is, how intelligent he is. That's where it is. Like, you see that boy Moishi over there? He has the biggest heart in the world. You know, you can ask him whatever you need. He'll run and he'll do, do for you. And you see that little boy over there, Shmuley? Oh, he, you have to see how he honors his parents. I've never seen someone honor his parents that way. That is individuality. But in reality, it is connected to the truth, to the Torah. So we see here that, uh, that, uh, <clears throat> that in this marriage are human finiteness and subjectivity themselves become instruments of the divine truth, joining with it to create the ultimate expression of divine immanence in our world, the Torah. So each one of us is made special, different, unique, and this is made, this is in this way, so we can bring that to our, our service to God. Hashem doesn't want everybody to be the same. 
you know, the, people are so intolerant of each other today. People can't stand people that are not just like them. And that's the most outrageous way of thinking. Because in reality, Hashem made people so different. He made so many religions. He made so many different colors of skin. He made so many different col uh, colors of eyes, of hair, of, of shapes of bodies. Think about it. There's people who are tall. There's people who are short. Made so many different types of minds. There's people who are emotional, artistic. There's others that are scientific minds. He made everybody unique and special for what he needs them to, to, to fulfill in this world. So to be fighting about beliefs and religions, and all, it's ridiculous. Each one has his place in this world. Everybody has a, a job to do. And when we fuse this with, with, with Hashem, then we're able to, to touch into infinity. We're able to touch into that beautiful marriage with God which was given to us so many, so many years ago, almost 3,500 years ago. So I want to wish you a blessed, blessed Shavuot. You should receive the Torah with joy and um, not see it like a burden. See it like you're carrying diamonds. This is what it is. It's, it's the tree of life. It's, it's, our, it's our life. And a person that doesn't live with these ideals really is, is like dry. He has no raison d'etre. He has no reason to, to live or to exist. So I wish you a blessed, blessed holiday. And remember, live a little higher. Thank you.